curated a jazz playlist. So on each bottle, you scan the QR code and there's a playlist I curated to kind of go with the wine. So yeah, you drink some wine. Very creative, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, come check us out, Grand Rapids. Welcome to Creative Ops, a podcast for creative people. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Creative Ops, podcast for creative people. I talked to one half of the creative team behind GR Noir, Grand Rapids' only jazz bar. They're also a wine bar. They're not the only wine bar, but they're the only jazz bar, the only wine and jazz bar, and... They are one of the few but growing number of black-owned businesses in the city of Grand Rapids. Shaton Brigham is married to Nadia Brigham, and Shaton was the one who spoke with me on this episode of the show. They own GR Noir together, but they moved from a mental health and education background into business because they wanted to bring change to the culture of a city, Grand Rapids, that's ranked among the worst cities to work in for black people. So we talked about changing that culture. We talked about some of the other things that they do outside of directly being in business to kind of help that, some of the people that have helped them along the way, and we'll put all the important things in the show notes. But make sure you check out GR Noir on 35 South Division in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and on grnoir.com. And you're ready to listen to my interview with Shaton Brigham, owner of GR Noir. Tell me where you guys are from, how you guys met, that kind of thing. Nadia is originally from uh, Chicago, um, and I'm originally from Bitten Harbor, Michigan, which is okay. about hour, hour 15 minutes southwest of here. Um, and we've been knowing each other since we were 10 years old. We're childhood friends. Um, so we uh, grew up together, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, of course, moved here from Bitten Harbor um, in 95 to attend Grand Valley State University. And so... We've been here. Uh, actually, this year we'll be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. So we've uh, we've known each other for a little bit of time. Yeah, congratulations on that 25. Thank man. you. Well, <laughs> how how long have you guys actually been together romantically? Then oh, since well, funny story is you know when I met her in 10, when we were 10 years old, we were in fourth grade. Uh, yeah, she came from Chicago, Spin Harbor. And- I was saying to my friends back then I was going to marry her. Uh, yeah, at ten, and so um, you know, romantically we've been you know since uh, since high school, since we were about sixteen, seventeen years old. <laughs> That's cool. 
pretty yeah. much straight through that whole time because my wife and I met pretty close to that same time, but we mm-hmm. kind of had some on and offs in there too. Yeah, yeah, pretty, you know, all the way through, you know, um, graduated high school, moved to Grand Rapids together, uh, went to Grand Valley, and, you know, here we are. <laughs> well, that's great, man. Congratulations, and I uh, hope you guys have another happy 25 and beyond. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. Appreciate that. So, at Grand Valley, did you go there for business? No, you know what? Um, this is our second act. So my undergrad is in criminal justice uh, and I have a master's degree in education leadership. So I've always been in a social work field. Um, and then, I'm, you know, so I should say social work field slash education. That's been my career for 20 plus years since, you know, um, we moved here to Grand Rapids. Uh, Nadia has uh, two masters, one in social work, one in public administration. Mm. And she's working on her Ph.D. Um, at Western Michigan, focusing on uh, on race and, 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 and equality. And so, uh, you know, this GR Noir is our second act. You know, we, we didn't come, we didn't go to school for business. Yeah. This was, you know, just something that we, you know, thought about and said, hey, you know, we don't have this in Grand Rapids. And uh, we both like wine and jazz. Let's figure out how we can create something. And so here we are. Yeah. I used to teach um, in, uh, over on the south side, in middle school. Mostly sixth grade, a little bit of eighth grade too. What uh, what age were you working with? I was working with. Um, I started when I first started my career was uh, you know high school students. Uh, mm-hmm. and I did middle school and then I ended uh, doing work with elementary kids. So I, I <laughs> you, you went yeah. backwards through the list. I huh? went backwards. Yeah. <laughs> was that was that intentional or is that just kind of where your career took you did, that you kept moving towards younger uh, students? Yeah, you know, it just was uh, kind of how it went. Uh, wasn't intentional. Um, you know learn so much at each tier um you know the younger kids are always a blast they're just so impressionable and you know, they just want to have fun they just want to play you know middle school high school kids you know uh you know they sometimes come in thinking they have the whole world figured out and they have all the answers and it's like well let's especially let's... seventh grade something switches in their brain at seventh <laughs> grade and yeah. they just become little like i don't know they just yeah. get this look in their eye like they just yeah. I don't want you to talk to me anymore. Yeah, and the year yeah, before yeah. that, they're like, hey. <laughs> can, I have a, can I have a hug? High five. Yeah, all of that. Now you have kids yeah. at seventh grade like, no, ooh, adults, you guys are gross. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's been it's been, it's been been a good journey. I've, I've had such a wonderful career. Um, and the reason, only reason why I stopped in elementary, uh, I mean, in education, is because, you know, GR Noir was taken off. You know, we were, you know, growing, you know, and staying busy where I couldn't sustain uh, doing both jobs. So I had to make yeah. the choice. Well, yeah, yeah. it's, I, uh, I've walked away from education myself um, just because life took me in a different direction. And it was one of those things where, yeah, teaching doesn't make enough money. If I'm going to, if I'm going to struggle, I'm going to do mm-hmm. something that really excites me, you know? Yes. <laughs> How long was it between, you know, you starting out on this other career or, well, you said you have a criminal justice uh, bachelor's degree, right? Did, you, did yeah. you use that or did you go straight for your master's degree? No, I went, you know, I, I didn't do my master's degree until maybe five, six years after undergrad. Um, you know, I was still, in, I was still working in education, um, you know, social work I did, you know, um, uh, abuse and neglect, uh, kids, uh, mm. students who, you know, uh, kids who struggle uh, with mental health issues. Um, and mm-hmm. so I did a lot of that work. Um, and then I, you know, eventually left that and went into education was like, man, I really like this work. 
not not that I didn't like uh, the mental health and social work side of the, the work I do. I mean, I, I always look at it as just one, you know, whether you're in education in front of a, in the classroom or in a, in a, in a class um, setting or, you know, you're working in a residential treatment home. It's still education. There's still kids. You still got to educate them. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it, so it all worked together, but um, I was really more interested in getting out of the um, more mental health um, and abuse side of things and more focusing on the education piece. But, you know, what I found out quickly is that even those students who are, although they, they're in the school building every day, you know, many of them still deal with mental health and abuse issues um, mm-hmm. as well. And so it's all kind of meshed together and was really enjoying to say, you know what, if I want to, you know, move up and continue to grow um, in the education uh, realm, um, I think I want to go back to school and um, get my, uh, get my master's degree. And so I decided to uh, enroll in Cornerstone um, in their, um, I think it's called the PGS group. I can't remember the PGS cohort. Um, it was all online, 18 month program, very intense program. And so mm. um, buckled down and, uh, you know, got it done. It was, was done with my master's in about 18 months. Okay. So yeah. how long ago was it that uh, GR Noir started? And then how long ago was it that you made that your full-time thing? So GR Noir is brand new. We, we opened, uh, we, we never opened before pandemic. So we only know business within the pandemic. Oh, okay. So we, we, we open, um, and we have, you know, I always tell the story, we have two different openings. Um, so, you know, December 4th of 2020 is when we officially opened GR Noir. Um, now, if you remember, we were still heavy in the pandemic. Bars and restaurants, dining was not happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we say, you know what? This will be a good time for us to do online and curbside pickup to where custom, you know, customers can call in or go online and order food or order wine, and we can have it ready for them to pick up because we couldn't allow them to come in for dine-in. And so we were, you know, so from January, from, from December 4th, to February one, we were doing dine-in and online uh, orders, and so the governor uh, raised their restrictions. Where she allowed twenty, she said, "Okay, restaurant bars, you guys can reopen, but at twenty-five at twenty-five percent capacity." Mm. And so February first of twenty twenty-one is when we officially open our doors uh, to the community. Uh, prior to that, um, you know, no one had come in to do any of that because we, you know, the pandemic, but. Uh, we took full advantage of the 25% and said, you know what, um, let's look at the silver lining here. We're a new business, um, and t- that 25% uh, capacity helped us to perfect and work out a lot of kinks to get to where we are now, where we're at, we're at full capacity. And so we just took advantage of, you know, what was going on to make sure that uh, we had great staff on board. They were fully trained and comfortable. Uh, make sure that our menu, our food menu, was 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 what we wanted it to be, and of course, wanted to make sure the wine uh, was was top notch wine, as well as our um, musicians and our live jazz. So we came out the gate uh, with live music that first week that we opened, and we haven't stopped since. So, um, so yeah, you know, just over a year old, you know that you know Gianna Noir. Yeah, congratulations on that too. That's a yeah, that's thank a you big mark for any business, right? Yeah, you know, yes, hearing uh, the horror stories of a lot of businesses that didn't make it and, and closed. And, you know, we, we were very, you know, sad to hear and, you know, mm. um, that many didn't make it. And, you know, just wish all of those owners, you know, well, uh, yeah. whatever they're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think about starting a business during the pandemic? Like, looking back on it, was there um, 
anything that maybe people don't notice if they're not business owners or specifically in that situation where it's like, actually, it's not a bad time to start one, either rents being cheaper or whatever. Yeah, you know, we 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 just took advantage. Um, you know, being a first time business owner, you know, you never stop working, whether the doors are open or not. You know, yeah. you're constantly, you know, working. So what it allowed us to do was, again, as I said earlier, to make sure that whenever the governor allowed, you know, bars and restaurants to open or reopen, um, we would be ready. And so, again, we spent a lot of time uh, behind the scenes, you know, uh, training staff and, you know, talking to other businesses about, hey, you know, what are we missing? Uh, what, 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 what are our blind spots? What should we be aware of? Um, and so we spent a great deal of time, um, you know, having those conversations. We spent a lot of time curating our our wine list, uh, making sure that uh, we had a variety of wine for everyone, regardless of, you know, um, your palate. Um, and so, you know, we learned a lot just in that time at the back end of, of bookkeeping and ordering wine and ordering food and setting up different processes to help us, um, you know, so that once we did open our doors, um, we would have those things in place and ready to go. You said that your wife is going for a PhD in yes. race and equality. So she started off, you know, she worked, you know, her career at Hope Network here in Grand Rapids. Uh, she spent quite a few years at United Way, but she spent the bulk of her time working for the Kellogg Foundation down in Battle Creek. Oh, yeah. Um, and so she was part of their uh, racial equity team. And I think she spent 15, almost 16 years um, with the Kellogg Foundation and, you know, with the pandemic um, and, and what really propelled her to move forward and do something different is um, when her grandmother passed away, you know, it was a matriarch of the family, you know, you lose mm. someone, a giant um, of that magnitude, um, it naturally shifts um, everyone's responsibilities. Like, okay, grandma's no longer here, so we all need to kind of step up and fill that void. And being at the Kellogg Foundation, she traveled quite a bit, you know, she had a portfolio um, nationwide to where she would have to travel and go out and see um, the organizations that she was funding. And so she, you know, you know, 15 plus years of traveling, you know, she felt like she wanted to be a little closer to home. Yeah, for sure. And so uh, the same day that we launched uh, GR Noir LLC, we launched our second business, which is Brigham Consulting. And oh. Nadia runs the, uh, Nadia along with uh, some of the associates she's hired and brought on to help her with the work. Um, she does the day-to-day work of that. And so um, Brigham Consulting is a consulting firm, again, around race and equity. That's, that's Nadia's. Uh, wheelhouse and what she's so passionate about to where you know she's working with and it's uh, super necessary around here too because i mean i'm sorry to cut you off but one of the things that really one of the things that really interested me about that in particular is that you guys are black business owners in a city that has been named one of the worst cities for black people to work in and i was wondering how much of that kind of wanted uh give you guys that push to say well let's change the culture from the inside out or yeah. if you just really always had this push to own your own business anyway, or a little of both? No, um, very little of one and a lot of both. Very little of always want to own our own business. Uh, we have family members who um, you know own businesses or have our own businesses, and they've always talked about you know that. But you know, when you're in your career and you're making a good living, and you know, you got a retirement plan and benefits up, you know, you don't have to worry about those things. Mm-hmm. You know, being a business owner kind of you know, fall by the wayside. It's like, why, why change something that's not broken? Um, but the work that Nadia was doing at the Kellogg Foundation, you know, she was always being told 
by me and family members and even some of the uh, grantees, people that she funded, you know, would say to her, have you ever thought about doing, you know, this work on your own? You know, you're very passionate about what you do. You're really good at it. Um, and then it was just a leap of faith that she just said one day, you know, I think, I think I'm ready to jump out there. Um, I have something to say and, and, and being at the Kellogg Foundation, which is a, a international uh, foundation where, you know, she's done work, um, like I said, nationally and even, you know, uh, internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she had the skills and, 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 and tools to do it. It was just a matter of starting it and getting out there. And um, she's busier than we had anticipated by far. I mean, to where it's like, you know, she can't take on every contract. She has to, you know, say, you know, I just don't have the capacity because I'm just so busy. Not even locally. Um, she has work that's that's nationally, and she's done some work internationally as well with Brigham Consulting. Um, I I think she maybe only have a handful of uh, clients here in Grand Rapids, but the majority are again international. That just shows mm. her her reach and the work she did at Kellogg Foundation to where people remember who she was and what she did, and was like, hey, you're out on your own. We definitely want you to come in and help us. You know, look at what we're doing as an organization or as a business or you know whatever work you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, through a racial equity lens, and that's what she's doing. She's looking at those processes and and and, and critiquing and giving feedback on how to ensure that um, you're doing whatever you're doing and whatever realm you're doing it in, that you have a racial equity lens doing so. Um, and again, she's she she's beyond busy, and um, but she loves it. This is who she is. She's very very passionate about it, and um, she believes in that inside out work um, to where. Uh, you know, that doesn't change unless the work is done, you know, mm. as human beings internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then what, uh, what came first, the, the wine or the jazz? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the wine came first. Um, that came um, in, in, you know, trying to catch you up to speed on how it all came about. We were in New Orleans. Um, uh, so Kellogg, again, has offices, you know, all over. Mm. And um, Hurricane Katrina hit. I remember when that hit. Oh, yeah. Kellogg, uh, you know, had work down there and they, you know, was doing all they can to ensure that communities were rebuilt and, and, and grassroots you know, organizations were being funded so that, you know, New Orleans can get back on their feet. And so uh, it was a 10 year um, after Hurricane Katrina, you know, now they said, hey, you know, um, I have this trip come up to New Orleans, um, you know, for work. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm going. Never been to New Orleans. Love love everything about what I've heard people talk about New Orleans. So, you know, she went down there for work, and I tagged along and was able to get out to see the city and kind of get a feel for, you know, what New Orleans is about. And it was a phenomenal time. Great people, great culture, great history, and of course, great jazz. Um, and so, you know, long story short, we were hanging out one evening after she finished working, and we went to this uh, little small place. It was called Wino uh, Wine Institute of New Orleans. Um, and it's not a huge <laughs> space. Um, it's it's about half the space of GR Noir. You've been in GR Noir, so this place mm-hmm. is about half half the size of my space. But what I loved about it is they had about a hundred of those similar to those wine machines I have. They had them built into the wall. And I asked the customer, I asked the staff, I said, you know, what is this about? How does this work? And she said, you know, you come in and you you get a prepaid card. We give you a card, and you tell us how much you want us to load on that card. And you get to go around and get to pick the wines and sample wines and the amount of wine, whatever the cost of the wine that you sample is automatically deducted from the card. And I was like, man, that is nice. 
Yeah, it's like nice. an arcade, except uh, with like alcohol. A, like a, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we were really intrigued by that. And then, um, you know, we got to talk and said, man, we don't have that at home in Grand Rapids. We should do something around, mm. you know, wine. And so, you know, we were excited about that. You know, once you come back home, you know, we started back working and got busy with our kids and all that. You know, that stuff kind of, you know, um, you know, fall by the wayside. You know, you get, you, you know, you get back to being busy in life. Um, and that's when the passion of her grandmother happened. And, and she was like, you know what? I think I want to do something differently. I said, well, you know, what What about the, the wine bar that, you know, when we talked about that concept some years ago, what would you think about doing something along those lines? She's like, figure out how to do it and so again long story short she had a dream about gr noir this was a couple years before we even thought about the wine bar and she woke up and said i dreamed of the name gr noir and what does that mean she said i have no idea all right well gr noir whatever and so fast forward when we began to consider opening this wine bar and got serious about opening this wine and jazz bar that was the name gr noir we had no idea two years ago when you dreamt of GR Noir that that would be the name of the wine bar. That was what that was for. And so that's mm -hmm. how we came up with the name of, uh, you know, GR Noir. We kind of took that concept in New Orleans with those wine machines and said, let's do something like this here. We don't have this in the city. And then we said, what else can we add to the wine to make it exciting? Jazz, very communal. Um, and so taking those two, um, you know, essences that we, were uh, privy to have access to in New Orleans, we just kind of, you know, say, well, let's do something in Grand Rapids around wine and jazz. And so that's, uh, that's how GR Noir became. And that's still right now a Grand Rapids only uh, live jazz spot, like dedicated jazz spot, right? Yeah, dedicated jazz spot. Yep. You know, of course, you can go in places and people, they play jazz. Like filter it through the system or you know every so often they may have a live um, you know uh, active jazz artist but for us um, we are the dedicated spot for live jazz three nights a week um, yeah That's fantastic how long did it take you guys to build up that relationship with those artists or did they once they found out there was a spot did they pretty much hit you guys up pretty hard you know what's funny you asked that question so when when we went public um i don't know if you're familiar with star garden i don't think so uh, incubation uh, space downtown. Um, it's all about entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs get their ideas and business off the ground. Very, 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 very. Was oh, that the spot that uh, has some retail spots open? In the uh, wait, no, I'm thinking of a place that I think that might be on Monroe. Yeah, yeah, Star Garden um, downtown. Uh, but you know, do a lot of work around uh, entrepreneurs. Have mm -hmm. space in there for you to use. Um, have access to. I mean, it, it's just phenomenal, phenomenal group of people over there at Star Garden. So uh, what happened with that? So Nadia was done with Kellogg Foundation. We're trying to figure out what's next. Okay, we got we want to do Brigham and Salt. We want to do GR Noir, but how do we, we, we've never owned a business. How do we make this happen? So she went to an event that Star Garden had to where if you pitch your idea, you could uh, earn grant money. And so oh. it's, uh, it's called 100 Ideas. Uh, I believe they were at Grand Valley um, doing this business summit. And she went down and she called, she said, Hey, Star Garden is doing this event to where business owners uh, can, you know, a hundred seconds, you know, you got a hundred seconds to pitch your business idea. And if we like it, you know, you're, we'll give you a thousand dollars. You're like, I, I think I'm going to do it. I'm like, great, let's do it. So again, I'm still in the schools working. Um, and so she pitched. It's like, they loved it. You know, she pitched GR Noir. They loved it. Yeah. Uh, 
So now we get a thousand dollars and now we're entered into win twenty thousand dollars. I'm like, great, let's do it. Um, and so uh, we did that. And, um, you know, we we were entered to uh, win this twenty thousand dollars. And so we had a few months to kind of put our, you know, bring GR Noir to life, you know, mm. give a give the community a sense of what GR Noir was going to look like. And so we had some renderings of the space and drawings and all that of what we wanted. And what, that was in our head of what we want the space to look like. And so we went to um, Monroe, uh, 20 Monroe Live, and um, you were in there with 100 business owners. And you don't have a huge space. You got a, you got a certain amount of space where you can put your business display up and judges come around. They judge you. And at the end of the night, almost, they almost announced... sounds like a science fair, but with businesses. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the, the, the exact same setup. Um, and judges come around, you pitch your idea, we're GR Noir, here's what we, who we are, here's what we want to bring to Grand Rapids, and they judge you. And at the end of the night, um, it's this big party, I mean, it's thousands of people in there, music's playing, it's just, I mean, it's a great environment. And uh, we were one of the 10 winners, but we won $20,000 on that on nice. pitching that evening. Once we did that, Gianna Noir took off. The news started calling, newspaper started calling. We had people lined up, want to interview us and talk about one, you guys are black uh, owners downtown. You're looking at that being downtown um, and you open a wine and jazz bar. We need to hear about the story. So, you know, yeah. we, we, you know, that, that really propelled us out in the community for people to know who we are. Uh, and then Kevin Jones um, reached out to us. Now, Kevin is originally from New Jersey. A phenomenal guy, amazing musician. He has his own band called Tenth World. He's a professor at, uh, I believe, Michigan State, and I think he does work at Grand Valley and Western Michigan. Wow. He reached out to us and said, "Hey, I've heard about you guys. Anyone who's watching the news or on social media and heard about GR Noir and what you guys are doing. Here's who I am. Here's what I'm about. I'm a jazz musician. I would love to come on and help you guys curate your your, your artists." So it's like great. You know, so we started asking around to people about Kevin Jones and we it, people we spoke to, you know, who are in the jazz space are like, you're probably not going to find a nicer or better person to, to handle your music. Kevin is well known, um, not just here in Grand Rapids or Michigan, but on a national scale. Yeah. And if he's reaching out to say, hey, you know, I want to, you know, partner with you guys here on the war and I, I would love to book your jazz act. They're like, everyone, you want to take him up on this offer. Some people know how to talk to artists. It's it's yeah. not just being able to, like, pick up a phone number or make an email. But mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't necessarily have to sweet talk artists. But I think a lot of artists get treated like crap often enough that right. when somebody comes at them with a lot of respect and also does what they say they're going to do, then yeah. people remember that guy. Well, and Kevin has an ear. Not only is he great at you know relationships, but he's a musician too. Yeah, and we told Kevin, you know, whoever we book in Gr Noir. There's a there's a standard we want, you know. Mm. We we know jazz, you know, is a great art form. You know, uh, jazz was birthed out of the oppression of enslaved Africans in in New Orleans on Sundays when they had a day off from, you know, doing uh, working uh, quote unquote working um, as slaves. They created music, and that's how jazz was came about. And so we wanted Kevin, and he knew that history as well. And so we wanted him to make sure that. When you book an artist, we want we want it to be top notch talent. We just don't want anyone to come in Gian Noir and, yeah. and y'all y'all can play and and and, and can't deliver. And so he he does an amazing job of booking artists. 
Um, whenever we have live jazz, the place is busy. I, I can't remember what night you were there, what day you were there. It was um, um, when Alon Sullivan was playing. When Alon Sullivan was playing. So um, I think it was a busy night that night. I think we were, yeah. We were, yeah. And, and that's, and that's you know, and, and, it, and it wanted because Kevin knows a lot of these artists and he knows music. And so when someone reaches out and says, hey, I would love to, to play at GR Noir, Kevin has probably heard them or know of them, or if not, they'll submit information to him on them, you know, uh, at another gig. And he can get a sense of, you know, who they are and their style and, and, and can determine if, you know, it'll be a fit for GR Noir. So shout out to Kevin Jones, who, um, you know, we, we just love him. He's he's uh, he's an amazing artist and uh, he's come on and do great things for us. And, uh, you know, the feedback we get from customers, live music, they're like, man. We didn't know we didn't need this until you guys created it. <laughs> we need it. So, yeah. Yeah, especially jazz because, you know, I I like a lot of different kinds of music. But when you go yeah. see it live, you're yeah. going to be judging it based on how it sounds on the record. Oh, yeah. Whereas jazz, if you hear it exactly like it sounds on the record, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something about, you know, live music. You know, that's that was one of the things that. You know, my wife and I struggle. You know, we we travel a lot, and it's like, man, during the pandemic, we couldn't hit any concerts. There was nothing happening, yeah. so that was that was hard for us to to get through. But you know, yeah, we saw a couple outdoor there. ones, but uh, yeah. Then when we went back to see an indoor one, we had masks on, and half the people did, half the people didn't, and everybody was kind of like looking at each other, weird, you know? Yeah, just weird. <laughs> yeah, just it was weird. just weird. Feels good that people are getting back into it, though. Yeah, absolutely. I really just in the last maybe year or so learned about the history of oppression in Grand Rapids with all the redlining and gentrification and then the people that were kind of brought up on a pipeline from Tennessee to come work and then they were all redlined into a very tight area that nobody wanted to live in. Um, Does what you see the last few years with more black business owners in the city and around the city, Mm -hmm. do you feel good about that? Do you feel inspired by that? Do you feel like it's too slow? Do you where where are we at with uh, kind of bringing everybody into the fold, so to speak? Yeah, I think anytime you know you see more people of color being business owner, homeowners, um, doing a lot of being included in a lot of areas that you know historically we were excluded from, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's you know you know one person who elevates and do something great, we celebrate that. While on the other hand. Um, you know, it's sad and it's still heartbreaking. We're still hearing the first black to do this or the the first person of color to do X, Y, and Z. We're kind of seeing that yeah. now with the Supreme Court now. And, you know, not to get political, but, you know, we're seeing now with the in, in politics around uh, the, the first black um, woman Supreme Court uh, justice, you know. Yeah. We just now, we're still, so, and even for me as a GR Noir, you know, me, you know, for us being the first and only black wine and jazz bar ever in Grand Rapids and me being the first black level two sommelier in, in Michigan, right? That we know of. I don't think there's any other level two. I know there are a couple level ones uh, signs out there, but as far as African-American black, I'm the only one in Michigan. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. But at the same time, hopefully there'll be more to follow soon. That's always the goal. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's, it's while it's exciting, uh, you know, to, uh, to do some of those things, um, mm. you know, w- there's more work to do. You know, what we do know, you know, black folks, you know, have always been great at what we do, given the opportunity, right? We mm-hmm. just need the opportunity. We need the system and the structures to 
to give us the same opportunity, um, not not a leg up, not a head start, but the same opportunities that others are given. And we a can level be playing field, as everybody likes to say. A level play- we all just need a level right, playing right. field, yeah. Right. We, we, we don't, you know, people of color, you know, you know, people I talk to don't want handouts. No, no, no. I just, I just want a level playing field. You know, yeah. I want to earn everything that I, that I, that I, that I get. I don't want it to be a handout. Um, you know, but you know, we know that you know systems and process are still, you know, slow to catch up to where we need to be. Mm. Um, and so there, there's still more work to be done there. Um, but I think what we're seeing, especially in Grand Rapids, um, you know, with um, a lot of business owners, um, black business owners, uh, business owners of color to where they're just not allowing or they're doing their best to um, to to go around or even go through some of those systems. Like, you know, here's what I'm passionate about. Here's what I want to do. And I'm going to go after that. And and come what may, I'm going to if I if I stay dedicated and I stay committed to what it is that I'm doing, I'm not going to allow these outsiders and these other influences you know, to stop me from, from going after what it is that I want to do. Um, now on one hand, that's, that's admirable and that's, that's amazing, but we got to start talking more about the systems. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of businesses open, a lot of, uh, people of color want to open businesses and, and, and the community rallies around that. But when times get hard, um, you know, COVID for example, where a lot of businesses shut down and some of them didn't reopen, um, where's the funding to help these small businesses? You know, some of these larger corporations are getting these who are already multi-million dollar businesses or billion dollar organizations yeah. are getting these PPP the ones that loans. are so-called too big to fail, right? Yeah, Exactly. Too big to fail. But yet the mom and pop shops, the small businesses that keep the economy and everything afloat are getting those those dollars. And so they, they are forced to close their doors. And, you know, my wife and I are part of a, uh, a group of business owners on Facebook um, that we you know, you chat with it and get inspiration and encouragement. You know, uh, at one point, every other day, it was a message popping up. Oh, this business decided to close. This small business had to close. It's like, you know, what are we doing? You know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, those are the things that we, you know, as a, as a, not only as a, a, a city or a state or even a, a, a country, but globally, we got to start thinking about how do we level this playing field? Um, if we're talking about small businesses, small businesses, small businesses, then how do we support those small businesses when times are are tough? And so, um, so yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, the the systems are still there. You know, the the you know systemic racism and and the structures that are in place. Um, you know, uh, we have to eradicate that, and we got to you know figure out how to do that um, because it, if not, you know, we'll continue to find ourselves you know, here saying the first black or the first person of color to do X, Y, and Z, because it's almost as if, you know, once we have a certain amount that's made it, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like a gatekeeper saying, okay, that's enough. You know, <laughs> we, we've had the first African-American president. We don't need another one for another 20, 30 years, 50 years, or whatever the case may be. And it's like, no, that, 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 why is that the case? And then it once, and then we got to figure out how to address that and deal with that head on. And yeah. that's what anything across the board, especially business, education, yeah. housing, uh, entertainment even it. like I've got entertainment my, my buddy uh, my buddy Mike Logan is a comedian in town and he said that he had been told before he said hey can I get in on this uh, comedy show I know you got a couple slots open and somebody looked at him and said oh we already have a black comedian in the lineup yeah yep yep like, one and done uh, we, how we, about we, we make we, it we, two we, then out of the eight 
yeah, we've met our quota for the for the for this year. Maybe next year, you know. And that's kind of and that's what it, you know. Unfortunately, we see that across the board. You know, um, you know, we we we've got enough, you know, businesses. We got enough black businesses. You know how? You know, I mean, it's it's, it's there's never enough. And so I'm just encouraged. And I'm, I'm excited about what we're seeing in Grand Rapids around. You know, business and people of color who are just saying, you know. Here's who I am, and here's what I'm about, and I'm going for it. And so that 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 keeps us inspired as as business owners as well. Yeah, yeah. I've been in the Grand Rapids area now just over ten years, but from the time when I first started, because when I first moved to, uh, here, I started going to GRCC, and mm-hmm. from then to now, I'm guessing that the number of black-owned businesses in downtown specifically has either doubled or tripled. I I would imagine. Uh, yeah, but, and, and I think it's still a handful, you know. So just imagine, yeah. and then, it's still not that many because yeah, Vince, um, Vince McIntosh, the owner of uh, Irie Irie. Kitchen, was on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he yeah. said, you know, every every year come Black History Month, you know, one of the one of the stations I won't name one <laughs> just to pick on one, but mm-hmm. uh, one of the news stations will do like the top seven black owned restaurants yeah. in Grand Rapids, and they'll just list like yeah. every restaurant black owned restaurant. That's that's all of us, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it happens. You know, we just got a ton of, you know, said a ton. We got quite a few emails from different outlets, you know, black around Black History. You know, they, you know, it's almost like it's this quota, you know, and it's like, you know, thank you for reaching out. I know you have to do that because it's Black History, but I'm around in October. I'm around in June. Yeah, you know, yeah. these businesses are around, and so how about we? How about you make this a practice or a habit to reach out to these businesses? you know, throughout the year. Um, and I actually, you know, instead of only supporting those businesses, the shortest month out of the year. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's the work that continues and that's the work that must be done for us to fully say that, you know, um, you know, as people of color, as, as, as black people, um, we've arrived and we've made it. until then, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to just continue to grind that, you know, we, we've been doing since we arrived to these shores. Yeah. I'm glad to, to hear, though, uh, I hadn't heard of Star Garden, but I know there's a couple other business incubators and like, a, oh, I, I just had, I swear, the best latte I've ever had in my life at Shift uh, <laughs> Coffee House. <laughs> yep. And uh, so, yeah, there's there's places out there that are trying to yep. actually bring equality into into practice. So that's good. Yep. Um, yep. yep. But yeah, uh, and I know Grab, J- Jameer Robinson is doing some work. He's a uh, founder of Grab. Yeah. Um, you know, he's uh, getting ready to do, I forget the name of his space, but right there, uh, I believe Eastern and Breton area, he's, he's doing, you know, uh, like another incubation spot to where, you know, business owners have these great ideas and and just really need to get to a place where they can be inspired and encouraged, you know, by like-minded, you know, business yeah. people finding out, you know, where, well, where's the funding, how to access those things. So that's, that's, yes. that's going to be another great addition. Yeah, I don't think that you necessarily need to have a business degree to be a business owner just from the people that I've talked to about it. Yeah. N- not even necessarily a college degree, just you need to be able to network with the right people more than anything. Somebody that can say, hey, hey, don't don't take that yeah. loan. Look for this thing or, hey, this guy is shady, you know, yep. just, just doing those ins and outs. Just be, yeah, yep. just being able to have access and being able to sit down and, you know, communicate and talk to people. You know, I want, you know, people I want to rub shoulders with you know, the owner of this place. And I want to be able to, you know, tell me how you got there. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't want to just be a person that, that come and patronize your space. I want to have my own space that, so I can hold meetings at my space. Like you hold a meetings at your space as well. And so yeah. that's, 
you know, that's what's needed, you know, source of access, being able to have access to those things and those people. Yeah. And it's important. And you don't have to throw shade at anybody specifically here with this next question. If, uh, <laughs> but, um, it, like, well, as a podcaster and I also write the people in those communities, they're very supportive of each other and they don't look at, you know, the next person as competition. It's more like, Hey, if there's a lot of good shows, if there's a lot of good books, that's good for all of us. Has it been sure. mostly that way in the, um, business community uh locally here um i think what what helped nadia and i you know having been in graps for over 20 some years and, and and the work that we've done in grand rapids um you know um you know we we've had a, a, a we've had a we've already had a uh i want to say a following uh that's not the right term people were already aware of us and who we are because mm-hmm. of the work we had done in mental health and education and not at the Kellogg Foundation, you know, she was part of that group that that uh, developed in Kellogg office in Grand Rapids to do Grand Rapids work. You know, she was that first wave of staff to to open up an office here in Grand Rapids. And so people were already aware of who we are. Mm. And so once we decided to just say, you know, we're going to do this business, you know, it, it was an, it was those same people that we built relationships with. 15, 20 years ago, that was like, great, you know, we, we can't wait to support that. So that part was, you know, we didn't worry about, you know, that part. Um, but the business side of it, um, as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, being a part of that group of business owners um, mm. and who, who, you know, in, in their place, we, we supported and we're patronizing them before we even became business owners ourselves, just because, you know, we wanted to support, you know, who they are and what they are trying to do. And so um, they've been great. You know, like I said, we we bounce ideas and, you know, they give us um, information and help us navigate some of the things that, you know, come up for us that they dealt with because they've been doing it much longer than we have. And so um, I would say all in all, you know, other business owners have been, you know, really, really receptive and encouraging, you know, to us um, before we open and while we even open. So, um, I, you know, that, that that part's been amazing for us. We 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 built those relationships and and we seeing the fruits of those relationships. Yeah, it's good to hear because really, anytime something cool opens up downtown, everybody else who's already got something downtown should be excited because that just is that many more people coming downtown and then yeah. hopefully yeah. seeing your spot or trying out your spot when they walk by. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've had you know we've had customers you know come in and uh, you know we try not to engage or or bash any other business and what they're doing. We as business yeah. owners we know. The struggle is real. You know, that business, that those, that business and business owners and, and staff are doing all they can to keep those doors open and working hard. So, you know, that's not who we are. Uh, yeah. Like you said, it's enough um, to go around for everyone. Um, you know, we first came about, you know, people are like, man, you got what you guys are offering with your wine and jazz and other things and just the environment, you know, it's going to be hard for, for this other place to do okay. And I'm like, well, I want to look at it that way because, you know, there we have a brewery all over the city of Grand Rapids, and many of them are doing quite well. Yeah. So a couple different, you know, so having a, having another wine bar, uh, which I think only makes like three or four actual wine bars, we should be we should do okay. You know, no one says that about the breweries and and things of that nature. Like right. we can all coexist. There's enough, and I think we all have different things in our different lanes that we stay in that makes us unique um, to where people have options. It's, it's, it's being able to have options. You know, you go to a bigger city like Chicago or New York and there's wine bars all over the place and they seem to be doing okay because they 
are offering something to someone who wants it or who feel like they need to have that. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, yeah. like I was just thinking too, and there's a deep dish pizza place on every corner, but ultimately people are going to go to the ones that are quality. So sure. if, if a place isn't doing well, hopefully it's not because somebody yeah. else is just doing so much better. It's just that, yeah. you know, they're, they're not, yeah. they're not meeting the level of what's yeah. expected. Well, that's what we hang our hat on. You know, you know, our, our thing, my wife and I talk about, you know, we want the experience. You know, yeah. we want you to have an experience at GR Noir. We want you, um, of course, to enjoy the wine and food and music. And the non-alcoholic wine, too. I tried some of the non-alcoholic wine, and it was, yeah. honestly, if you had just yeah. handed me that and go, here's your wine, I probably would have gone, hmm, that's good wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, we're very intentional about everything. And again, we talked about, you know, COVID and not being open. Those are things we were thinking about. Okay, what if, you know, some some friends or, or, or a couple or whoever come in and, and, and one of them loves wine and one of them doesn't. How do we how do we ensure both of them have a great time? Okay, yeah. let's let's offer something different. And so that was our thinking around. And we get a lot of people say that, man, I'm so you guys like a handful of bars in town that offer non alcoholic. It's like, yeah, we're thinking about people who yeah, want to come not in just and hear Johnson and sparkling drink. grape juice too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Being that you own a jazz bar, do you play any music yourself? Play no music. Don't sing. My wife sings. My wife has a really, really nice voice, but <clears throat> I'm not a musician. I wish. I just love it. I just love music. I love the art form. I love how an artist can pick up an instrument and create. It's like painting. It's like anything else. Like, how did you talk oh, like a photographer? You know, we, we yeah, we get people who come in and they do photos for us. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, how did you see the end product of that photo like oh yeah me sitting here or in, in position like this way and having it this way you created that how did you see that before you took that picture or and so that's the thing about artists you know man it's like how are you playing that guitar how are you how are you pushing those keys that fast and creating that sound you know it's yeah. just yeah yeah so i just appreciate it i appreciate art do you have a favorite jazz style or specific musician or musicians i'm a big thelonious monk guy myself i know a lot of people that criticize thelonious monk say he plays too hard but i i like that that intense style it's, it's funny you say that you it's funny you mentioned thelonious monk because our second wine we just released uh this past weekend is called red monk ah. it's after thelonious monk and actually has a piano uh on the on the front of the um uh, the wine. Um, so I cool. love the longest month. Yeah, I love the longest. Um, artists, it's hard, man. There's so many great artists. Um, you know, right. our past greats, of course, Miles and Sarah Vaughn, Billy Holiday, Coltrane, uh, Charlie Parker. Of course, you know, those are the greats. But yeah. there's so many up and coming artists uh, that are phenomenal. I think of like Robert Glasper, uh, um, Asian artists. Uh, uh, What's his name? Takoya, uh, Takoya Karuda. Uh, he's amazing. Masego, um, mm. uh, who does what they call like trap house jazz, as jazz but behind a uh, a hard beat. Um, it's just so many. Um, so, you know, and that's one thing I love about again about Gian Noir is that you know you want to hear all kind of jazz. You're going to hear, you know, the traditional. You're going to hear uh, the smooth jazz. You're going to hear the neo soul jazz. Um, um, so I mean. 
it's hard for me to 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 put a pin on one. Um, it, yeah. and, and I think it all depends. I say on Roy Hargrove because the Roy Hargrove album has everything in it. Roy Hargrove. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're just. It's just so much. It's just so much, and it's rich. And the more and more I listen to it, the more and more I appreciate. It. Like, man, that is that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's never the same twice. It's never the same twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just put some jazz on. I just shuffle, and I'm like working. I'm like, man, that sounds great. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, so. Yeah, anytime I put on just yeah. like I'll put on a Thelonious Monk station, and then I'll have to run yeah. over and look. Who is this guy? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I find out it's somebody that died like yes. forty years ago. I'm like, I've never even heard of him. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. I think that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So now kind of starting to move towards the close. Is there anything going on at GR Noir uh, coming up soon? Let's see. This one will come out. This one will come out uh, March 14th, I believe. So I don't know. You got anything going on in uh, March? Um, we got a couple different events uh, we're planning. Um don't want to say right now because we're still working out the, the details and sure, sure. Uh, working with with the uh someone who wants to partner with us and use our space our space to offer what i think would be a really really good event um mm. and so we're just waiting to finalize those details uh, but we always put everything on our social media we just finished up this month of january um celebrating black artistry um you know just highlighting and celebrating um black musicians you know again um jazz you know historically you know where it comes from and what it means uh, we had our first ticketed event uh february 12th where we had um uh pamela wise and oh man i'm gonna draw a blank on her husband oh i think i remember that because the show that i went to i think was like a week before that yeah it's the 12th um and uh, they came in uh, we sold that we sold out um, within a week and a half of you know putting those tickets out there um and so that was a huge huge success our very first ticket event and so we're looking to do more of that you know as as the COVID restrictions are starting to ease uh, mm -hmm. we've moved into the warmer months um you know people been we've been cooped up for the last couple of years and um mm -hmm. so we're just really ready to get out there and offer great um great jazz great time and great energy um at gr noir so we're working with kevin again on what's next what's our next ticket event who do we want to get in here and how we want to promote that um we're working on you know talk with different people about offering some different um events um once a month or once a month we want so the the first thursday of every month we do what we have what we call uh vino and versus and we have a different uh artist uh, who comes in and they do poetry, spoken word. That's awesome. Um, it's all curated, so it, so it's nice. Um, you know, the the energy and the atmosphere is, is amazing. Um, you get these amazing local artists um, from Grand Rapids and Muskegon and Lance and Kalamazoo that come in and do a great job. Um, and then on the second Thursdays of each month, we have what we call a a jam and drink, and that was something that Kevin thought about being a professor um, at these colleges and knowing other professors. He said, "Hey." You know, what if we offer something to where college students who are in um, uh, who study in music can have an opportunity to come out and just highlight and play, you know, and showcase their talent, you know, yeah. to the community. And so every second Thursday we do that. And then on the third Thursday of every month, we have we have a live DJ that comes in and spins uh, jazz on vinyl. Um, and, and that's always a great time, um, you know, for for younger uh, for the youngers. Um, 
who may not, you know, who've heard about vinyl and 45s. They may not, you know, they come in and, and like, so that's not going on through Spotify. It's like, no, he's actually playing a record um, and then jazz. And so uh, it's kind of exciting when you put third. that needle down and you hear that. <sighs> right before I, I, I love that sound. Yeah, yeah, I love that sound. And so, uh, so those are things that, you know, we're doing um, at GR Noir. And there are some more things we want to look at, you know, doing more and, and adding to, um, you know, as, as we move forward, um, you know, the community has been amazing at supporting us. Uh, we get messages and, Facebook and Instagram uh, messages all the time just saying, hey, was at your bar the other day, had a great time, heard about you guys. We get so many people from out of town that come in and say, hey, I was at the hotel and I asked the concierge, you know, what's, what, what's something to do around here downtown? And they mentioned you guys and we're here and it was a phenomenal time. Um, and so we just want to continue to be that. We, 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 we don't take being open. Um, you know, for granted, you know, we don't take the support that we get from community for granted. We want to continue to grow and learn um, while also having fun and offering, um, you know, great wine, great food and great jazz um, to the community. So, uh, you know, we, we of course, we couldn't do it, you know, without the support of the community um, and our staff. You know, we have a great staff, great team of people who who come in day in and day out and and, you know, stick to those you know our values and, and who we are and what we're about and so uh we, we we're we're appreciative yeah that's one thing i noticed about the staff they're all hard working and good attitudes <laughs> yeah 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 they're great they're great people so um all yeah. right so uh then yeah one time uh let everybody know uh where they can find you guys online and social media and all that and i'll make sure i put it in the show notes too Absolutely. So GR Noir Wine and Jazz Bar, downtown Grand Rapids, 35 South Division. Um, uh, website is uh, grnoir.com. Uh, oftentimes people ask us, do we need to make a reservation? We say no, reservations are not mandatory. However, we highly encourage reservations because we do fill up quite quickly, mm -hmm. especially the nights that we have live jazz. Um, but you can always give us a call or stop by and say, hey, do you have space? And, you know, more than likely, we can always sit people who just walk in. We want everyone to come in and have a good time. So, uh, but if you want that guaranteed spot, definitely go online, book their reservation. Um, and when you show up, you have you don't have to worry about you know if you have a seat or or, or not because you've made that reservation. So, um, yeah. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for coming on, and uh, it was nice to meet you and finally get to see you when you don't have a mask on and you're not trying to serve 20 other people at the bar <laughs> yeah that's always fun right being able to just like you know we, we're so ready to um you know take these masks off and i think we're moving there you know i'm, I'm hearing yeah. some restrictions are being lifted and, and yeah my my so, little uh, ones they're they don't have to wear uh the masks anymore the little guys don't anymore so yep yep my daughter uh youngest daughter who's uh fifth grade uh her school uh email over this weekend and so their first day Today, we're, you know, making an optional. Of course, they want to make yeah. sure if kids and parents are, you know, still a little hesitant. And, and you know, people are um, want to respect that as well. But, you know, eventually mm -hmm. we're going to be able to see everybody's face and smile at each other once again here soon. Yeah. Hug your friends again. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Miss that. Miss that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. Oh, did. Uh, well, no, I've got all the Facebook and those things, too. I Yeah. Sure Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Yep, we're on oh. there. Um, come check out our new wine, too. We have our new wine. Uh, we have uh, the first one, uh, two out of our collection, uh, the GR Noir Select Harvest Riesling that, you know, we released on our year anniversary of uh, 
uh, December 4th. Um, and we just had to order another 20 cases because we were out. Um, hey. So, yeah, we're moving it. And then just got our uh, second release, the Red Monk, which is a semi-sweet uh, red blend. Uh, we released that this past weekend. And we did a really, really, um, we did really well this weekend selling uh, the Red Monk. And so, uh, yeah, come down and hang out with us. We curated a, um, a jazz playlist so on each bottle of the Riesling and the Red Monk. You scan the QR code, and there's a playlist I curated to kind of, you know, uh, go with the wine. Uh, so yeah, you drink some wine. That's very scan creative. That QR I like code. that. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, come check us out, Grand Rapids. We uh, we're we're, we're downtown Grand Rapids, 35 South Division. Yeah, everybody says it's Beer City, but hey, we got some good wine too. Got some good wine. Yeah, we're coming. We're coming. So make it a very, very, you know, Grand Rapids is growing, and people are taking note that people are coming to hang out in our city and so we want to make sure we give them you know what they're here to look for cool well uh hang out with me for just a second after i uh end this Absolutely. recording here otherwise thank you so much for coming on and uh hopefully i see you again in person soon yes sir thank you chris appreciate it thanks for listening to that interview with Shatan brigham who alongside with his wife nadia are the owners of gr noir grand rapids michigan's only wine and jazz bar i hope you'll go check them out if you need the address you need to get in touch with those guys or anything else it's all in the show notes take it easy everybody love you